often. Faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Hey friends, great to be with you today. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness podcast. I hope you've been enjoying this little, what I'm calling a mini series about dipping our toes back in the waters. And what we've been talking about, if you haven't been following the last couple weeks is, you know, when we experience hurt or disappointment in church settings or in faith settings, whatever that may be, institutional religion settings, a lot of times we, man, we just want to get away from some of those things that represent those spaces or those people that hurt us. And so for many of us, you know, the big three, I guess, are we get away from reading the Bible, we get away from praying, and we get away from going to church or going to a faith community altogether. Now, I'm a big believer in the fact that I don't think we should let people or religious organizations or anything like that, I don't think we should let those people and things take what's really important to us away from us. But I know that's way easier said than done because... Honestly, like sometimes it just can be so triggering, right? Because we had an experience maybe with somebody who really was abusive in the way that they used the Bible. And so then when we open the Bible up, you know, there may be things that we read in there that may remind us of something that we experienced, some sort of abusive power in regard to the Bible or whatever. So I get it. Uh, Same thing with prayer. You know, maybe we had some experience where, you know, maybe it's as simple as we felt like prayer didn't work, or maybe it's as, uh, you know, real as, as a, a leader that abused prayer, like I talked about in the podcast last week. Maybe you were made to feel less than because of how you could or couldn't pray. And so these are real, honest conversations I think we need to have. But my hope and, and my journey involves dipping my toes back into those things because they are an important part of my past. They're an important part of my faith journey. I think it's really important to consider like, you know, if we're going to be, if we're going to consider ourselves to be a Christian, then I think it's fair to say we at least have to consider what our relationship with the Bible is going to be because Christianity and the Christian scriptures, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, really, they go, they go together. Like it's hard to separate those things. And so I really think we have to contemplate what our relationship is going to be in regard to that. Same with prayer, right? How can you have a sense of faith? And this goes beyond the Christian tradition. How can you have a sense of faith without some sort of connection through prayer to the one you claim to serve, right? And so as much as I understand from my own experience, as much as I understand maybe a need to step away from these things for a time period, I really think it's important that we at least explore the idea of getting back in. And I'm not a big proponent in the cannonball kind of, (laughs) you know, in a lot of ways in life, I'm a big proponent of cannonballing, like just jumping in, you know, just going for it. But I think when it deals with things that are in response to difficult spaces we've experienced in our life, I really think it's important to actually 
ease our way back in. And so two weeks ago, we talked about easing our way back into reading the Bible. And then last week, we talked about easing our way back into prayer. And today, Mo, maybe, 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 maybe the most challenging of all, because I think it takes a lot more bravery and I think it takes a lot more vulnerability is dipping our toes back in the water of church or in a spiritual community. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, before we go there, I want to remind you that a couple weeks back, I put out a free seven-day devotional on the website. The website's just mattkinzera.com. I know it's a tough last name, but it's K-E-N-D-Z-I-E-R-A. So mattkinzera.com, you can hop on there. You'll see right on the homepage, toward the top of the homepage, you can get that free devotional. It's completely downloadable, so that if that's something that you want to download and just have on you in a physical sense, then you can do that. Otherwise, you can do it uh, you know, on your device as well directly from that homepage. So jump on board with that. I can see that some of you already have, so that's exciting. It's kind of my first go at it in this sort of way anyway. So I'd uh, be anxious to hear what you think about it. So feel free to reach out to me and give me your thoughts regarding that devotional after you read it. The name of the devotional is Finding Faith Again. And so for many of us, you know, faith has maybe felt a little bit elusive or maybe we've stepped away from it a little bit. So this is kind of the same type of thing as what we're doing in these three podcasts. It's like, okay, how do we re-engage if maybe we felt distant in our faith or maybe we felt disconnected in our faith? This is really a seven-day devotional that maybe will just get you get you back, get you, get you heading in the right direction again, or just get you heading in a direction that uh, you'll feel good about because maybe you like me are just someone where, where like faith is just so ingrained in you that if you're disconnected from it, you feel like you're less authentic and true to yourself. So check it out. Like I said, right on the homepage, you can download that for free or check it out for free. And then the book, the book, it's been a long time in the making. In the making. I think I Man, at this point, I handed in the final manuscript. <laughs> I think it was like a, it was a long time ago. I'm not even going to guess. It was quite a while ago, and there's a lot that goes into the process of getting a book from where you write it to the point where you put it out in the public. So we've got a release date, which is November 10th. There will also be a release party slash show coming up. So keep your eyes and ears open. I will mention it on this podcast. I'll also be posting about where that uh, release is going to be. Of course, we're going to release it in every way that we can. So you'll be able to get the physical copy of the book. If you're a Kindle person or an e-reader person, we'll make it available there. And then also going to be working on the audio book as well. So however you like to read, Bring It Home will be available to you. And for the people who we've given a little sneak peek of it, it's been really exciting to hear their feedback and really humbling to hear their feedback, I guess is the easiest way to say it. One thing I want to put out there regarding the book, if you would like to get your hands on an early copy of it in a digital format, I am looking to put together a launch team. Now, a launch team, what that simply means is you check out the book and then you let other people know about it. And so there's a few things I ask you to commit to if you want to be a part of that. But if that's something that you're interested in, you can just email me at hello at mattkinzera.com. Again, that's K-E-N-D-Z-I-E-R-A. But enough of that. Let's jump on in and talk a little bit about church. 
As I mentioned in the intro, I really think this one is the most challenging. Here's why I think that. When we talk about reading the Bible, that is something that you can do individually all by yourself, right? So you can dip your toes back into reading the Bible in your own home. <laughs> you can do it in your bedroom. You could do it on your front porch. Nobody even has to know anything about it, right? That's just kind of a, a personal journey that you can start to take again. Same thing with prayer. Even though we talked last week about maybe the importance of asking people to pray for you or also the importance of trying to pray with other people, you know, at the end of the day, prayer is a very personal thing. So you can dip your toes back in the waters of praying without anybody having clue, a clue that that's what you're doing. And it, it, that probably makes it feel pretty safe, both with the Bible and with prayer. With church, that's a little different. All right. I suppose, I suppose you could dip your toes in by trying some online options, but I'm really not interested in talking so much about that because... Not that online church isn't good, it's really helpful and I'm really thankful that we have it because it offers community for a lot of people who couldn't get it in other ways, whether that's because you're a person who struggles to get out and about in this world or because maybe you don't have a faith community in your own city or near you that represents the type of community that you're looking for. So I'm a proponent of online community, but I'm a much bigger proponent of in-person community like we always used to have it right like the good old days <laughs> and so that's more what i'm going to be talking about today the reason why this is challenging i mean i'm sure you can see where i'm going here takes a lot more vulnerability for you to walk into a church building right that's something that people are going to see you showed up whether they know you or not you're going to have to interact with other human beings when you do this and so it may it just may be a little bit more challenging i also know that walking into a church may be very difficult again for people who have had negative experiences in churches or in faith communities because Man, it's hard to walk into those spaces and not feel some of those feelings that you had from whatever happened in your scenario, in your story. I totally get that. And part of it, too, is because a lot of churches operate in the same general fashion, right? And so you may go through something and you're like, oh, man, the way this, the way this is rolling, the way this is going, that really reminds me of that, you know? And so I get it. So this, this one just feels a little bit more delicate. Is that the right word? I think this one feels a little bit more delicate. So let's, let's just go for it and see what happens. I've just got, again, just a number of things that I'm going to bring up, and they're more from my own experience. I never want to be that person that's just telling you like, hey, here's the, the five things you need to do to get to wherever you want to be. You know, my story is my story. Your story is your story. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast have never left church. So if that's you, you know, listen, because I, I would still encourage you to hang in there and listen to this podcast because it'll give you some insight to what a lot of us have gone through. And I bet that if you're somebody that listens to this podcast, you probably have people in your life. If you're not one of these people that have left church, you probably have some people in your life who have. And I am, man, I'm blown away on how many people I interact with on a fairly regular basis who have stopped going to church. And it's kind of funny because Usually it'll be a type of deal where they'll come up to me and they'll say, hey, you know, that maybe we haven't seen each other or maybe we don't even know each other, but they know me from this podcast or whatever. And one of the first questions often people will ask me, especially if it's a local scenario, they'll say, hey, Matt, where are you? Where are you and Susie going to church these days? 
I just, I'm honest. I respond honestly and I say, well, you know, we don't go to church regularly and we haven't gone to church regularly for years now. And then usually their response, if they're in that same boat, they'll say, me either. And then a lot of times they'll lean in. It's almost like they're whispering because it's like this deep secret that they have. And they'll say, and I love having Sunday mornings at home. And I'm like, me too. Because, <laughs> man, if you, like me, have gone to church your whole life and then suddenly you don't and you have your Sunday mornings free, there's something pretty lovely about that. <laughs> you get a little bit of your weekend back that you're not used to having back, right? All right, so if we're going to make this commitment to dipping our toes back in the waters of going to church, just like in prayer, just like in Bible reading, I think it's important for us to ask the question of why did we leave? So what were the scenarios that caused us to leave? And you can do that kind of in a broad spectrum and you can do it more specifically. Just really think through because maybe you're like me and it's been a it's been a minute. And by a minute, I mean several years <laughs> since you've gone to church regularly. And so if that's your case, you might have to think back through of it. It's like, well, what was the scenario that I left? Like, why did I leave? What were the specific things that caused me to leave? Now, when talking about the Bible and talking about prayer, I felt like I had at least a pretty good idea of probably why most people had stopped reading the Bible or stopped praying. When it comes to church, there's so many reasons you may have, <laughs> you may have stopped going. It could be, you know, I've heard people say, you know, it was just too big and I felt like I got lost in the crowd. I've heard other people say, I just felt like the pastor was telling me what I was supposed to believe. I've heard other people say that they didn't feel welcome because the church wasn't affirming and I was gay. Um, you know, so that I think, in this scenario, like there's so many reasons. Maybe you had a rift with somebody else in the church. Maybe you get got kicked out of something for some reason. I don't know. I just feel like this one's pretty broad. And so it's just important that we identify, think back and say, okay, in as much detail as you think you can come up with, like, why did I leave? Why the last time I went to church, like, why did I leave? And then just kind of maybe jot that down. Even if you're a journal or maybe write that down. So you kind of have it there. The second question, which this is, this is where we start asking ourselves really deep questions, right? So the first one is about what happened. That's just, that's just factual, right? What was the reasons that we left? What were the reasons that we left? Next, what I think we have to do is we have to kind of look inside of ourselves and really be honest and don't give the answers you think you're supposed to give, but ask yourself the question, what do you desire? So if you were to engage again in a church community, what is it that you would desire out of that community? What is it? Why would you go? If you're going to give up your Sunday mornings or whenever that faith gathering meets, like, why would you go back? And if your answer is something to the fact of like, I feel like I'm supposed to, or it's just the right thing to do. Well, that's that. No, <laughs> no to all of that. Cause this isn't about what we should do or what we shouldn't do or what we have to do. Whereas this isn't about pleasing God. I don't think God cares that much if we're going to church. I just don't even think about God in those terms. <laughs> and so let's not get into that. Like don't let's not buy into the guilt factor. All right. I think that's really important, but, but what is it that you desire? As I've been listening to the people that have come to me, which again happens all the time, especially about this church people, if I could tell you how many times I've been asked to start a church since I've left church, man, it's been, it's just ridiculous. It really is. It's ridiculous how many times I get asked that question. And it's fine because I get it because it's out of the same desire that I have. 
So, and I understand because I'm a, I'm a person who's a public speaker for a living and I'm a person who's a musician for a living. <laughs> you know, I get why you would come to me and think I'm the one that should start your church. And my wife is a phenomenal singer and has been a worship leader all her life as well. And so I get like, that would make sense that Matt and Susie should start a church, not in our plans, just so you know, but ask yourself what it is that you desire. A lot of things that I'm hearing from people, a lot of people just miss being together. And I think this is partially because, you know, you're missing that worship gathering, that that time when we're coming together like that. But I think this probably got ramped up because of the pandemic, because there was so much disconnect, as we all know. Right. And so that even brings our longing to be together. It just makes it even more boy, it just makes it, it feels like even more raw, right? It, it, it's, it's like a deeper desire. It's a more tangible desire after we all went through that. And so a lot of times people are saying that that's what they miss, just coming together with like-minded people who, you know, for the same reason, like we're all coming together to explore our faith and just seeing each other in that setting on a regular basis. There's something beautiful about that consistency. Another thing I've heard a lot of people miss is just, coming together to sing together, right? A lot of times we call that worshiping or worship music. So just coming together and joining in song. Like there's there's something really, really beautiful about just a multitude of voices singing the same song together. That's why choirs are so spectacular, you know? And, and even if you're not a person that music is your strong point, I bet you do enjoy just having that time of, of the music. And I bet, you know, even if you don't enjoy singing, I would imagine that just listening to that music uh, maybe was really impactful to you in the past and is, is likely something that you miss. I'm just throwing some things out there as far as what people are saying to me that they desire. A third thing, and this is the last thing I'll mention, the third thing that I'm hearing a lot of people say is that they miss coming together, pooling resources, pointing to an injustice in this world and trying to tackle it. So maybe you were part of a community that you know, had had a really great connection to digging wells in third world countries or underdeveloped countries, or maybe you were part of a community that uh, built homes in underdeveloped countries or, you know, whatever, fought against human trafficking. And there's something really beautiful to feel like you're a part of a group of people that's fighting against injustice together. Because fighting against injustice by yourself Man, that just feels hard. It's daunting. You really need people to to do this with, I think. I think that's the best case scenario. And so I know a lot of people have said that's their desire. So you can add whatever you want to this. There's no right or wrong answers. Those are just things that I've been hearing from other people. And so I want you to think about that. Just think about if I'm going to dip my toes back into the water of church community, what is it that I desire? If you're a person that's still going to church, and maybe you're struggling a little bit with your relationship with the church that you're going to. I think maybe it's a good idea to still ask yourself those questions. Like, I'm struggling here in this community. I'm on the verge of maybe walking away. But what is it that I'm desiring? Why am I struggling? Uh, you know, is, is what I'm desiring from a faith community not at the place that I'm going? And so should I consider a change? I don't know. That's up to you. So, but I do, and it's not selfish. It's not selfish to ask what you desire. I don't, I don't find that to be selfish at all. We want this to be a meaningful experience, right? And so in order for it to be a meaningful experience, it has to meet some of those things that we desire out of it. And 
you know, I don't think it's selfish when you're young and looking for a spouse or looking to fall in love. I don't think it's selfish to ask yourself what you would desire out of a future spouse. So I don't think it's any more selfish to ask yourself what you desire out of a faith community. The next thing I think is really important to consider is what are your non-negotiables, okay? These are two separate things. So one is what you desire. The other is what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that have to be in place? Or what are the things that can't be in place in order for you to feel comfortable going there? The biggest thing for me, honestly, and this is just because this is a big part of my story, this is a big part of my heart um, because my kids are part of the LGBTQ+. Uh, you know, crew and because a lot of my friends are. And, um, and so for me, it's really important that any community that I would go to any faith community that I'd go to would have to be fully affirming of people who are not straight. That's just a non-negotiable for me. That doesn't mean I can't, I guess I won't even go there. I was going to say that doesn't mean I can't be for organizations that are not like that, but I even struggle with that a little bit. So for me, that's probably my biggest non-negotiable that I need it to be open to everyone. And I know a lot of churches will say, well, yeah, we, we think being gay is a sin, but you know, we welcome them here. Well, at the end of the day, if they can't get married at your church or they can't serve on the worship team or can't be an usher, they're not really as welcome as everybody else. And for me, it's always been more of a civil rights issue than a religious issue. And it feels like kind of institutional civil rights violations, I guess. And so I'm not going to commit to being a part of something that goes so against something that's so important to me. That's just me. You get to choose what your non-negotiables are as well. And whatever they are, is what they are and they're yours and it's okay, right? Because again, this has to be a place that feels safe to you. This has to be a place where you feel like you can fully engage and don't hear me, don't hear this incorrectly. You're never going to find a perfect faith community, just like you're never going to find a perfect human being. Like it's all flawed. So don't go looking for the perfect church because that doesn't exist. Don't go looking for the perfect faith community. They're all going to fall short of that. But it's okay to have a few non-negotiables where it's like they have to, like in order for me to feel comfortable going here, they have to be, you know, whatever. You fill in the blank for that. So what are your non-negotiables? The next thing, and I think this is, this is maybe one of the most important questions you need to ask, is what are you willing to contribute? Because one of the biggest challenges that churches have had throughout history is that there's so few people doing so much of the work. And I'm sure you, like me, have met a gazillion pastors who have just gotten burnt out because there's just so much on their plate. There's so much on their shoulders. And so in order for this truly to be a faith community, in order for this to be church in the truest sense of the word church, it has to be all of us contributing to it. So if you're willing to go to a community, if you're going to dip your toes in that water, and, and you don't have to do it right from the get-go, but ask yourself, what possibly would you be willing to contribute? You know, like for me, would I be willing to speak at a church that I went to since that's something that I'm, I'm gifted at? Would I be willing to play drums on the worship team? Whatever. Would I be willing to usher? What, you know, or, or is there something like, what do you have? Maybe you're a gifted writer. Maybe you could offer that somehow. Maybe you love being with kids. I don't know. But like, what, what are you willing to contribute if you're going to be a part of a faith community? Because I do think it's a little bit selfish to think that you could commit to a faith community and not give in any way, shape, or 
platform. Maybe even consider if you'd be willing to contribute financially to that community. And I know that might even be a little bit triggering for you. But again, if you're going to commit to something, you know, I would say let's, you know, yeah, dip your toes in for a little bit. But at some point, you're going to want to dive in. And when you dive in, what are you willing to give? Because it does have to be, you know, a community in the truest sense of that word. The next thing I would say and I've just have like I just have a number of things as I was thinking about this I just jotted down a ton of things that were on my mind so forgive me if this feels a little bit discombobulated but this is really important based on the culture that we're coming out of this culture of like church being man just church being what it's been for the last several decades almost this this performance based church service and man don't get me wrong I love excellence <laughs> I tell you, I have gotten myself in some pretty deep trouble and I've wasted a lot of time that I probably didn't need to waste because I desire excellence so much. Like everything that I put my mind and heart and hands to, I try to do it the best that I can. And uh, and sometimes that, that dabbles a little bit or maybe goes over the line into a little bit of perfectionism. But, but I say that because of this. I think we have to be careful not to compromise due to the talent of the people up front or compromise due to the environment of the church or of the faith community. So that's why it's so important to have those non-negotiables. That's why it's so important to ask what it is that you desire out of the community. Because if you go to this place and this person who's, as, as my daughter says about me, like, you're really good with your words, dad, but we got to talk seriously here. Right? <laughs> so it's, you know, some of us are really good with our words and we can say things and we can say them in a way that are very influential. You know, that's why I'm able to do what I do is because I can say words in front of people that are very influential. That I have to be very careful. I get that. Uh, same thing with music. Like, like some people are like my wife Susie, like so gifted at music that I'm telling you, those of you who know her know that you might go to a church community just because she's singing there, because <laughs> she's just that good. And so, if that's the case, you know, we got to be a little bit careful because don't go there because of the good speaker. Don't go there because of the good singer. Don't go there because it's a really wonderful environment if they're not meeting your non-negotiables because that will just lead you down a road that I don't think you're going to be too happy with down the line. Eventually, those things will wear off. At first, they might draw you in, but eventually when you realize some of these things that are non-negotiable for you and some of these things that you desire are not there, you're going to be frustrated at yourself for, for buying into that. And you might just start another cycle of hurt and you've already been through some of that. So I just want you to be very, very careful because so many of us have experienced that, right? Nothing wrong to be good. Nothing wrong to be gifted. Be the best at what you're the best at. Absolutely. But be careful not to be swayed by that in regards to giving up some things that are important to you. The last couple things really are... There are more things that I, that we need to be internal about. These are more things that we need to kind of commit to in this journey of dipping our feet and our toes back in the water of church. And the first one of those is that we're going to need to be brave. I get that many of us have some church hurts in our back pockets. I get that. You know, I do. Many of you do. So many people I meet do. And so for us to consider going back into a faith community again we're going to need to be brave. 
we just are. We're going to need to go there and we're going to have to have courage and we're going to have to be ready to step in that thing because it is going to trigger you. There are going to be things that come up. So you're just going to have to head in there with a ton of bravery. And I'd also encourage you, especially if you are married or if you have close friends that really understand your faith journey, it's not the worst idea. I think it's actually a great idea. So not only is it not the worst idea, it's a great idea to go with somebody else. Okay, so go with your spouse, go with your kids, go with some friends of yours. It might help you be brave. It might just help that courage come out a little bit. Because I know for me, I deal a little bit with some, well, sometimes a lot bit with social anxiety. So the idea of going by myself to a brand new church community might, might be a little bit more than I'm willing to do some days, right? But if I asked a friend to go with me or if I asked Susie to go with me or if I asked one of my kids to go with me, then I'm going to go and I'm going to be courageous and, and just do it, right? And then the next thing, it's kind of different, but I guess falls in the same category, is be open. It's going to be tempting to you to want to be nitpicky about everything that happens when you go back to a church community, if you go back to a church community. I want to caution you not to do that. Okay, I want to caution you just to be open. And I don't mean being open to compromising your non-negotiables. I just mean be open to the community that you're walking into. I'm hoping that you've researched some of the non-negotiables before you step foot in that place. And I hope that you've thought through what you desire. And so give yourself some space and give that community and that organization an opportunity, right? So just be a little open when you walk in, because if you're not, I think, you know, I think if you just walk in closed minded, it's not going to work out. Whereas if you walk in a little bit open minded, then I think the possibilities are there that it, it could actually work out. And the last thing that goes along with those is just take your time. Just take your time, be brave, be open and take your time. It's a lot, man. Some of us have been through an awful lot. And so it's okay if you try going and it doesn't work out and you try again and you're like, ah, I don't know. It's okay if you go to a community four, five, six, ten 10 times before you're like, okay, 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 I'm here. I can do this. Uh, I want to commit to this. I want to give of myself to this space. So just be patient with yourself and give yourself some time. Don't give up if you try once and it doesn't work out. I've done that several times over the past five or six years. I've gone to a church community and I was just, it just wasn't right. It just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place, whatever the scenario was. And, and so, you know, I, I went and I left and I went again and whatever, you know, for me, one of the most, and I've shared this, I think on this podcast before I, I get confused in where I say things and where I don't, I know I wrote about it in the seven day devotion, which you should go on my website and download, but one of the most meaningful experiences that I had with church recently was because I still to this day, so I'm giving you this message, but I don't have a church community that I go to on a regular basis because I know what I desire and I know what my non-negotiables are and those spaces don't exist in where I live. And so it's just right now not available to me, but it, when it shows itself, I'll be there. Okay. But this Christmas, I went with my family to Chicago. We went to just have, we literally were there on Christmas day. It was really special. Went to see the musical frozen, went ice skating on, on, you know, on that cool ice skating rink there by the bean and the whole nine yards, went out and got some deep dish pizza. Cause that's what you do in Chicago. And then one of the things that we, Susie and I looked at each other, we're like, we should go to midnight mass. I bet there's a beautiful cathedral downtown Chicago. And sure enough, we found this 
this cathedral that was over a hundred years old and like midnight mass is their thing. And those of you who grew up Catholic, you know, like midnight mass is the best church service of the year. Those who didn't grow up Catholic, I guess all you have to know is you walk into church and it's Christmas Eve, you walk out of church and it's Christmas day. And so Susie and I, you know, we kept ourselves up by watching Christmas movie after Christmas movie. Cause we don't usually stay up till after midnight. And so we made it and we went to midnight mass and that just so connected with my roots. And there was all sorts of people of all different creeds and colors there. And it was just as, and it was again, connecting to this, this piece of my spiritual journey that was so important and so beautiful. I can remember going and listening to my dad sing in the choir. And so we go in and it's this gorgeous space the the choir and the orchestra that was playing was just unbelievable the priest was wonderful the community was really special and so i had this it wasn't you know it's in chicago so i'm not going to that place on a regular basis but it was a it was a time and space where i dipped my toes and i was open and i gave myself the opportunity to experience spirituality in the confines of a church and it was lovely it was so lovely and it gave me hope for what could be in the future so you know, take it for what it's worth, but that's just a little bit of my journey. So I hope this has been helpful either for you or maybe for somebody around you in your life. Maybe you can share this podcast with somebody you know that's in this space in life. But again, I really think it's hard. And I did, for a while I was questioning this, but I really think it's hard to disconnect Christianity from church. You know, really... Or, or at least Christianity from a sense of community, like our faith just all by ourselves, like it, it come, it's, it, it's lacking. And that's coming from a person here. That's pretty introverted. I enjoy being my, myself. I enjoy exploring my faith by myself, but there's something about faith that almost warrants a community around it. And I think it's richer and more beautiful when there's community in our faith. And so take that for what it's worth. You can agree with me or disagree with me. As with the last two episodes, I want you to, you know, let me know if there's things that you're thinking about as you're considering dipping your toes back into church or faith community. Let me know what some of the thoughts are going through your head so I can share them as well. Again, hop on the website, grab that free devotional. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Matt Kinzera. Also on Facebook, you can find Chasing Goodness. And as always, let's continue Chasing Goodness together.